This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Alhamdulillah, all praise is indeed due to Allah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We send blessings and salutations upon the Messenger, peace be upon him, Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Hashimi al-Qurashi, his companions, his household. We ask Allah to bless them, to bless every one of us and to grant us all goodness. Ameen. My brothers, my sisters, it is amazing to see such beautiful faces here. We ask Allah to grant us beautiful hearts as well. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us beauty on the day of judgment and in the hereafter. This life and this world is full of imperfections. Do you know why? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create <coughs> this world with so much of hardship, difficulty and imperfections? When we say imperfections, we mean even humankind as good as the posture maybe it's the best posture from all the creatures of Allah. <coughs> the best posture from all the creatures of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We have created mankind in the best possible posture. I'm sure you know what that means. Do you know what it means? Okay. It means... The positioning of every limb and organ of this particular species is absolutely the best. <coughs> it cannot be better than this. Think of it for a moment. You have eyes. Where are they? Here. Can you think of a better place to put those eyes? Think of it. Can someone give me an idea? Put your hands up, please. Do you know a better place than where the eyes are to put them? Yes. Probably we're so used to seeing the eyes in that place, that's why we find it. He says, probably we're so used to seeing the eyes at that place, that's why we find them so normal. I want to pause for a moment and say, I don't think so. I tell you why. We're a species created by Allah. If you think of the eyes anywhere else, you wouldn't be able to see what you can see the way you can see while your eyes are right here. So even from a logical perspective, you might get used to a disability. May Allah grant us all goodness and may Allah cure those with disability. Amin. But to be very fair, not only the eyes. I mean, I thank you for an answer because I wasn't even expecting an answer, but I'm happy that I got one. It gives me food for thought as well. But if you think of the ears, I mean, where would you like the eyes? Let's go back to the brother. Where would you like the eyes? Tell us. Where would you like to see them? Think of a better place. You can't imagine. Thank you. Because I can't imagine my eyes in my nostrils. I mean, come on. What am I going to see? Or at the top here, or at the back here, or one here and one there. I mean, you know, what's the purpose? Subhanallah. Oh. One a little bit lower and one higher. What's going to happen? Or oh, both of them by my belly. Imagine, subhanallah, we'd all have to wear niqab, right? 
Allah protect us. You see? So even your ears, one here, one there, you can hear the way Allah wants. Allah says, look, Allah guarantees you. In fact, when Allah says, Ahsan, it means the best possible posture. When He says the best, it's a challenge. Because He's not wrong. So He's telling you, nothing can be better. The best posture. The way we fashioned you is superb. Look at your hands. Look at... And I can give you another piece of evidence. All the other creatures of the Almighty are nowhere near mankind. Nowhere near. The animals, whatever else, even the baboons and chimps that look quite similar to man. Subhanallah. They're not as refined as humankind. And we have, you know, where the lips are, where the nose is. Imagine, subhanallah, the lips at the back. How would you kiss? Allahu Akbar. Imagine, how would you eat if your mouth was here? You've you got to think of it. Your fingers, the five fingers, and look at how, which one is longer than the other, the thumb. There is no other position that you can ever come up with that is more superior to the norm that Allah has created. You follow? It's a challenge of Allah. You think of your nails. Can there be a better place for them to be than where they are? You can go back home and keep thinking. Keep thinking. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding of His greatness. So, this is Allah. There are a lot of people out there. Every one of us. Allah created us. While He says mankind is created in the best of postures, He has allowed and catered for and made imperfections in us. Guess why? The second time I'm asking you why. Imperfection. So what that means is my nose will be a little bit this way, that way. One side will be a bit more than the other depending on where you sleep. You may not never notice it, but you can actually measure it. Or if you have someone called, I think it's a maxillofacialist. Is that right? Right? The person would be able to just look at you and say, this is wrong. That ear is a bit longer than the other one. And this nose and this. You know what? Nobody notices it. You just look at the mirror too much. That's all. A lot of the people, I got this and I got that. You can go into the public and be under the spotlight and nobody will notice the flaw. But Allah had to have some flaws within us. You have a little belly problem, your stomach and everything in the right place, mashallah. You got some issue, some problem, you need to get sick. You need to have a flu after a little while. You need to perhaps, you know, something happens that's wrong. Something doesn't go your way in terms of your health and your body. Before everything else. Guess why? When we have the world around us as well. A lot of things go wrong. You have earthquakes. You have... Today I heard of an earthquake in Athens. May Allah grant them ease. That's very close by. I heard of... Uh, you know, heat wave in America. I heard of flooding elsewhere. And so much going on. That, that is actually... Something wrong. Meaning it's something that's not normal. It's not supposed to be, right? Why? What's the purpose? As handsome as you think you are, subhanallah, handsome as you think you are, you know, the hunk, they say, right? I promise you, there will be flaws. And you know what? A little while later, a few years later, you won't even look the way you're looking. As handsome as you think you are, there will be flaws. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept perfection 
for a totally different place. That's why. If this world was perfect, that other place would lose its value. What is that place? Jannah. MashaAllah, I think one of the, the brothers from this table has said, Jannah. May Allah give us Jannah. Ameen. Yesterday, I was speaking about something else. And I was saying, what's your ultimate goal? And there was a brother sitting here saying, Jannah. And I said, there's a sister here called Jannah. Is she still your ultimate goal? May Allah forgive us. May Allah grant us ease. Anyway, my brothers and sisters, Jannah is our ultimate goal. It is. I'm talking here of the paradise Jannah, not the sister Jannah. But we want our spouses also to be, inshallah, bi-idhnillah, with some qualities of Jannah, I hope. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, Jannah would lose its value if Allah kept perfection here. This world, we believe as believers that we are here to be tested. People say, sometimes young people say, that's quite boring. Why would Allah make us here to test us? And I tell them, do you know what? Why did you go to school? Well, I went to school so that I can live and I can get a job after I've graduated and I can do something so that I can earn, so that I can have a comfortable life. Well, Allah says, this whole life is just like a school you've come here, you can get your qualification so that you have your certificate on the day of judgment so that you can have a comfortable eternity. Your entire life thereafter will be comfortable. So there will be rules and regulations just like at any school there's rules and regulations, right? There will be do's and don'ts just like any school. There will be a certain type of dress code just like any school. There will be so much like school, but we're ready to do that for schools and to learn for a few years, 20 years, to study so hard in order to be able to live for the next 30 or 40 years. Because at the age of about 55, 60, they retire you. Which means your books no longer will help you, right? What age? What's the age of retirement here, guys? Some people are saying 60, 70, etc. Whatever, let's say 70. And after 70, what happens? You retire. Yes, you may continue to do certain things, but the jobs, they won't want you anymore. I have a friend who's in his 50s. When he applied for a job, they told him, no, because of the age factor, we won't give you a job. And I'm like, gosh, we're becoming old, man. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. None of us here feel like we're old. Guess what? Slowly, the clock is ticking. Something somehow, somewhere needs to change in our lives positively. Because if it doesn't, we're going to have wasted our time at school. Sorry, life. I called it school intentionally, actually. How many of us have been to universities and we come out and we regret the days we spent? We could have done better, right? We could have worked harder. We could have actually achieved much more. But you know what? That's this life. Something very interesting is we prepare for this worldly life, which is not going to last long. And we teach our children to prepare for the worldly life that's not going to last long. And it's not wrong, by the way, to prepare for it. But we prepare for it much more than the interest that we have in the hereafter, which is far greater. Subhanallah. If I ask you how many books have you read in your life? If you've been to school, college, university, and, and thereafter you perhaps have a field, you must have read at least 200 books. Is that fair? But if I ask you, have you read the Qur'an cover to cover? I don't even want to say, put your hands up if you've read the translation. That one book that's going to take you forever, 
into eternal paradise. You couldn't read it, but for the exams, you stayed awake all night, every night, for the whole two weeks because you had to study. For what? I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm just saying strike a bit of a balance. Strike a bit of a balance. I hope we're motivated to be able to pick up the Qur'an and read it. It's the word of Allah. Your maker, my maker, has given us a book. It's a manual. It's, a, it's actually a way of, of living such that you can enter Jannatul Firdaus. You need to do something. You need to read a page a day. Try to see what did your Lord say. I mean, the biggest examination ever is not GCSE. It's not A-levels. It's not your university degree. No, the biggest examination ever the result of it shall be on the Day of Judgment. Don't lose focus. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world in a way that you will have issues. Every issue that you have is an opportunity to shine. You have a problem in life, it's your opportunity to prove to Allah who is your master that you're doing it right. Allah teaches you. What's going to happen? A lot's going to happen. The Quran says, we will definitely test every single one of you. We will test you. That's what Allah says. With what? He gives you what He's going to test you. Imagine you have the paper, exam paper, before anything else. Allah tells you what the questions are going to be. What is it? He says, بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ with a little bit of fear. At times you will fear, you'll be scared, you'll be worried, a little bit of anxiety, all that is included in this. Allah says it's a test. We will test you with that. We, we will place it in your path. Why? Oh Allah, you're so merciful. Why would you put a problem in my life? Well, for you to show us. Are you really going to be patient and understand who we are, who you are? The fact that ultimately you're going to return to Allah. It's not all about this world. We spend, we earn thousands of pounds, millions of pounds. We spend thousands of pounds, millions of pounds on what? On ourselves, on this world that we're going to quit. But we haven't yet spent pounds for the hereafter. We haven't yet spent anything for the hereafter. And Allah says, if you really are a true believer, you are... You can only call yourself a Muslim if you share what you have, what we've given you. If you're not prepared to share what you have, you're not a Muslim. Wow, does that sound a little bit hard? It's a pillar of Islam. Islam has five pillars. One of them is, if Allah has blessed you with something, you have to share it. If you don't, you're not a Muslim. How's that? Have you ever looked at it that way? What is zakah? Allah says, if I give you, give others. If Allah wanted, He didn't need to give you to give the others. He could have given them directly. But it was part of your test. Allah says, I'm going to give you a hundred pounds, two and a half, give it to the man down the road. That's what Allah says. If you do it, I'll give you peace, give you happiness, I'll give you more. Because now I know His sustenance is written, but through you. So I'm going to give you to make sure He gets. Did you hear that? The more you give, the more you get. It's a fact. Do you know why it's a fact? Because, say for example, you are looking after orphans and widows, and you've given 20 pounds, 50 pounds, and you make it regular. Oh Allah, every month I'm going to give 50. They've been making dua 
to Allah to say, Oh Allah, alleviate the suffering we are going through. And Allah put it in your heart. He's going to use you to answer their dua. So Allah's already chosen to give you before them. If He don't give you, they're not going to get. But because you have the intention to give, they're getting through you. If you don't give, Allah will give them actually through someone else. The loss is yours, not theirs. Wow. Thought of that? Subhanallah. And this is why I say people don't know. In Islam, one of the pillars is to share. One of the pillars is to share. If you have anything, share it. Allah says, when you share it, you will be at peace. You will get contentment. You will get happiness. You will get solution for your problems. That's why to put a smile on the face of another is a bigger charity than to smile on your own. Subhanallah. But to smile will trigger the other smile. So a smile is also considered as a great charity. But our expressions, huh, we just look doom and gloom. What did you just say? <laughs> Smile, guys. Come on, man. Even if you don't have teeth, it's okay. Even if your teeth are in jail like mine, subhanAllah. <laughs> Allah grant us ease. My brothers, my sisters, your character is part of what you're going to earn in the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to shine in your character. Give people importance. Allah will give you importance. No matter who they are. You see a person who's poor. You see a person who nobody looks towards. You look towards them. You greet them. You make them feel important. Allah will make you feel important. Allah will create reason for you to be important on the day of judgment. He'll call you out. You'll be a VIP. That's because, you know what? You made others feel like VIPs. That's why. Reach out to those who least expect you to reach out to them. That's a winner. That's when you will get happiness. Allah has kept joy of mankind in their sacrifice to serve others. Subhanallah. Kana Allahu fi awnil abdi. Ma kana abdu fi awni akhi. Do you want the help of Allah? Question. Do you want the help of Allah? Yes, we all do. Well, if you do, Allah says. Help others, I'll help you. Amazing. Amazing. The hadith says, Allah will help those for as long as they are helping others. He keeps on helping you. What do we do? I've got a problem. So now I'm in a shell waiting for, the, for help. Allah says, hang on. The little that we've given you, whether it's your time, your expertise, whatever else it may be, something, get up and help others. Start touching the lives of others. And you know what? Your life will change. It will change. The problem with us, when we have an issue, we're so depressed, we don't even want to get out of bed. Subhanallah. We don't even want to get out of bed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. Get up. It's not all doom and gloom. If you're going through a problem, there are people going through bigger problems with a broader smile. If you have debt, if you have a financial issue, and you're going through obstacles and problems from a financial perspective there are people in deeper soup than yours but guess what they're just smiling and they're still swimming closer to allah and they're still fulfilling their acts of worship shaitan comes to us and makes us despondent at a time when the only one to open the doors for us is allah so we plug out i know of people who become stressed and depressed to the degree that they stop praying i called out to allah but he doesn't want to listen the hadith says, يُسْتَجَابُ لِأَحَدِكُمْ مَا لَمْ يَسْتَعْجِلُ Allah will definitely re respond your dua for as long as you don't make haste. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, was asked, what is the haste you're referring to? He says, يَقُولُ أَحَدُكُمْ دَعَوْتُ دَعَوْتُ فَلَمْ يُسْتَجَبْ لِي 
When, when one of you says, I called out to Allah, I made a dua, I made another dua, he's just not listening to me. I promise you, you need to have conviction that Allah has heard you and responded to you and he will give you what you want when the time is right. If it is right. If he hasn't given it to you, it's not good for you. We make a dua of istikhara. Do you know what is istikhara? If you don't know what's istikhara, put up your hand. Okay, so I think almost all of us know what's istikhara. Seeking the guidance of Allah through a dua and through you know, calling out to Him, etc. And we like the guidance of Allah. A lot of us don't even know the meaning of that dua. That's a supplication. You know what you say in that dua? You say, oh Allah, if this is good for me, my deen, my dunya, meaning my religion, my life, my future, etc., etc., my hereafter, then... Let it happen for me, make it easy for me and give me blessings in it, give me barakah in it. But oh Allah, if you know in your knowledge and I don't know, if you know in your knowledge that it's not good for me, then take it away from me, take me away from it and make me happy with your decree. What was the decree? That you're not going to get it. So we want something, we make istikhara. What happens? We still want it. <laughs> Subhanallah. And then we say, but I made istikhara, but it's not happening. Well, if it's not happening, you told Allah, if it's not good for me, take it away from me. But I saw a dream. And a dream, I saw a Muslim aid. It was green. You know, green, the green colors. So green means it should be good, right? Yes, subhanallah, you're making a mistake. In the dua, you didn't say, oh Allah, if it's good for me, show me a dream with green color. You didn't say, oh Allah, if it's good for me, let me see a lovely horse in my dream. Oh Allah, if it's good for me, let me see me holding her hand. Wow, sorry, that's about marriage, by the way. <laughs> that's not what you said, but that's what everyone believes. It's a mistake. Your istikharas have nothing to do with dreams. I'm just clarifying the point. And people must be saying, what? I thought all my life, I even got married. No wonder you have marital problems. <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> may Allah forgive us. No, no, may Allah forgive us. <laughs> but... There may be a dream that makes you feel good and reassures you, perhaps. But the dua itself tells you that, you know what? You are saying, if it's good for me, let it happen for me. If it's not happening for you, it means you said, if it's not good for me, let it not happen for me. So the doors are closed, the road is closed, another door is closed, a third door is closed. And you're still fighting along like a champion. And you don't know, but you just made a dua to say, oh Allah, if it's not good for me, take it away from me. He's busy taking it away from you and you're running after it. You don't even understand what dua you made to Allah. Leave it. The doors are closing. One might say, what's the extent of it? Okay, that's a topic of its own. Whatever in your capacity you are able to do, you do. To achieve what you'd like. Because the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk billahi wa la Work hard to achieve that which you believe is beneficial for you. Seek the help of Allah and don't be lazy. That's what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says. Right? Which means I'm going to work hard according to my capacity. The minute it's beyond your capacity, if you want it still, it's going to stress you, depress you, it's going to, you know, doors are going to close. It's not good for you. Subhanallah, leave it. That's istikhara. But sometimes we want something so desperately that we don't realize Allah heard the dua, He knows the future, and He is not going to give it to you because He knows it's very bad for you. Very bad for you. He's not going to give it to you. But no, we still want it. This is why when you understand the knowledge of Allah, 
and you ponder over it and you surrender to it, you won't go wrong. So what is the knowledge of Allah? What does He know? What does Allah know? Who can tell me? What does He know? Don't say everything because obviously everything. Yes, what does He know? He knows what we don't know and He knows what we know as well. Okay? He knows the past, doesn't He? He knows the present, doesn't He? And He knows the future, doesn't He? There's another category of things He knows. He knows what happened, He knows what is happening and He knows what will happen. There is a fourth category that He knows and that's the crux of the whole istikhara. Subhanallah. Guess what it is? No. Let me say it, okay? He knows what happened, He knows what is happening, He knows what will happen and He knows what will not happen if it were to happen, how it would have happened. Allahu Akbar. Did you hear that? What is never going to happen? It was never going to happen. It will never happen. If it did happen, how it would have happened is part of the knowledge of Allah. يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ وَمَا يَكُونُ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ إِذَا كَانَ كَيْفَ يَكُونُ Subhanallah. That is Allah. You might want an example or two of it. Would you like an example? Let me give you. You read Surah Al-Kahf, don't you? Right? Perhaps on a Friday. It's a sunnah. I tell you. In Surah Al-Kahf, there's a story of Al-Khidr and Musa alayhi salam. Right? What happened? What did Al-Khidr do? Can you tell me one thing he did? One thing Al-Khidr did in the company of Musa alayhi salam, the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him. One thing that he did. Yes. He killed a child. He killed a child. The Quran says he killed a child. Why did he kill the child? Because of this statement I said just now. Allah says, had the child grown up, and he was never going to grow up, because according to his taqdeer, he was supposed to be dead at that time anyway. I had a brother who passed away not too long ago, and when they did an autopsy for some reason, they said, had he not died through being shot the way he was, he was going to die of a heart attack anyway at a similar time, because all the arteries were actually clogged. So it was like, for me, it's like Allah piling up two, three things happening at once. If this doesn't happen, he's still going to go. But perhaps this way, that way, who knows? Allah knows best. I don't know. I'm just thinking how powerful Allah is, right? But this young boy was actually killed. And then Musa alayhi salam says, why? He says, had he been given the life to grow older, he would have been disobedient and a source of this and a source of whatever negativity. So Allah decided he rather lose his life now so that he can be saved and his folks can be saved as well. But was he ever going to live longer than the point he actually lived in the knowledge of Allah, in the eyes of Allah? The answer is no. His taqdeer was written. This goes to show what, wasn't, what is not going to happen if it were to happen, how it would have happened is the knowledge of Allah. Now surrender to that. Just surrender to that. You'll be a happy person. Believe firmly that the condition you're in is the best possible condition for you right now. Even if it's tough. Because Allah didn't promise you that your life is going to be easy. He only promised you that He's going to help you through the way if you have faith and conviction. Wealthy people diagnosed with a terminal illness. Let's pause for a moment and say, Oh Allah, grant cure to those who are sick and ill in any way. Amen. They had everything. Allah had to take something away. Why? That's the nature of this life. You're going to get to a place where there's no sickness, no illness, no time. You know, time will be slaughtered and so on and so on. Everything is gone, you know. That's Jannah. Prepare for that day. Now I want to share with you 
You know, they told me I'm going to be speaking for 30 minutes. Mashallah. 30 minutes are up. But I think we can have a bonus. We can have a bonus. It's a motivational evening. Mashallah. We'll eat a bit less. It's okay. (laughs) So, my brothers, my sisters, like I said earlier, you know, if you want joy, please make an effort to instill joy in the lives of others, beginning with those whom you live with. That sentence is golden. You write it down, practice upon it, you'll be the happiest person on earth. Did you hear what I said? You want joy. You want contentment, happiness, peace. Start off by creating or instilling or making an effort to let others feel the joy because of something you've done, because of how you behave, because of how you act. And you know what? It starts with those whom you live with. If you're married, your spouse, then your children, then your parents, then your siblings, then those who live with you, those who interact with you at work or elsewhere, those who interact with you on a daily basis, they should feel joy when they see you. You will be the happiest person. Even through your problems, you'll have a massive family. Subhanallah. Earlier today, I was speaking to someone and I said, you know, we had a time when we were young, when our friends used to be people who really help us, stick up for us, and really they're there every time to benefit us. Today, one of your best friends would be a person who doesn't harm you. That's it. Why? We no longer expect benefit from people. We just don't want you to harm. You haven't harmed me. You're my buddy. Subhanallah. Because I can't expect much more from you. We are Muslims. It should go beyond that. The verses which we, the verses that we heard a little bit earlier from Surah Al-Dahr or Surah Al-Insan, the same surah has two names, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who feed for the sake of Allah, Allah will give them Jannah. They don't want a thank you. They don't want, you know, reward, recompense from a human being. They just say, oh Allah, we did it for you. We love you. That's why we're feeding. That's why we've reached out to others. Why? They're also creatures that you've made. What will make me special is how special I made others feel. Remember that. So that's my message that I have for you this evening. Before I actually uh, go, meaning before I end my talk, I'm still here inshallah for a while. I want to ask you, all of you seated here this evening, we have a microphone here. I'm prepared to give it to any one of you for a minute or two to share with us something that you may have found motivational in your own life that perhaps by letting us know we would be motivated as well. So if you have something to share with us, put up your hand, male or female, old or young, and we will give you the microphone and we give you a minute or two. Share it with us and inshallah we would definitely benefit from that. Can I? Yes, the brother there on the right. If there is someone, please put up your hand high so we can see. Then we will go to the sister at the back, inshallah. Try to be brief and to the point. Bismillah. I'm very nervous. 